Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, this is Chesney Snow from In Transit, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. What up? This is Christy Prades from On Your Feet, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. Conga! That's the second half of the Jake Brown Show. CBS Radio is played out at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher is where you find us. Jake Brown Radio. Jake Brown Show. That might be the Moscato, the two sips that I've had, because me and Nelson <laughs> try to open a Prosecco, and literally there is a court. Like, I don't know how we're ever going to get that open. No, it has blood on it now, so yeah. you can have it. I am day to day. I have shoulder <laughs> infringements, impingements. Uh, is it impingements? Impingement. Impingements. Yeah. I'm no doctor here. <laughs> Dr. James Andrews, not on the program. <laughs> Um, but in the building with us, that voice you hear is the SNY pre and post game Mets analyst. Uh, you catch him now on uh, what is it? Mets talk live. Mets talk live until uh, um, the season starts. Now Nelson Figueroa, what's good, man? Oh man, just uh, living the dream. Just got back from spring training. A nice little ten day tan. Going to see the boys. Um, look hungry. They look as focused as ever. And uh, I think we've seen those big five starters. We're getting very close to seeing them all at one time. So that's a very exciting time. How do they, like? What's the three things maybe you take from your ten days there that stood out to you the most? Um, you know, it's uh, real different than two years ago, where uh, you know there was somebody that had to stand up in front of all the guys and convince them that they could be good. Mm-hmm. There's no longer a thought that they could be good. They know they're a good team. I mean, they made. They made it to the playoffs, albeit it was three hours of playoff baseball. They made it there with, with I mean, 13 guys went on the DL. Mm-hmm. You lost guys for the season, big P com- key components of the team. And you were able to find, you know, some diamonds in the rough. You know, TJ Rivera, you saw, you know, Lugo and Gaselman, um, Rene Rivera coming through. James Loney did a tremendous job of keeping the team afloat for so long. Um, so it was a real nice thing to go through to go through all that together and and grow as a team and now you know that if you had all those healthy pieces in line that it would have been much more than just the three hours of baseball this this team is poised to make a big run in the playoffs starting here with right the recent news i say over under is 50 games i don't know if he'll make it at 50 games is this shoulder injury a huge concern? They're saying he's questionable for opening day. I mean, we pretty much can lock in. He's not going to play. He can't throw for at least three weeks, I think they said. Uh, what's the outlook on right here? Well, I mean, you're no longer looking at everyday David Wright. You're not looking at 162 games out of him. That, that wasn't even a thought process. But he's not going to be able to play defense if he can't throw. So right now you're looking at him probably in a pinch hit role, uh, a guy who's a, a dangerous bat off the bench, a guy who can you know take on those tough left-handed pitchers later on in the ball game. That's a role he can fulfill right now until he gets that shoulder healthy. But at the same time, it doesn't force him to play defense and have to you know really push it too, too soon just to try and get ready. You have a great nucleus on this team you have a great fallback in Jose Reyes and I say fallback you know where he did a tremendous job last year changed the complexion of the team by giving them a leadoff hitter Mm -hmm. so there's no longer that kind of you know what's better for the team conversation now you know you're going to have Jose Reyes in the lineup 
playing third base, leading off. And then David Wright, for all case and purposes right now, is probably going to be that right-handed bat off the bench. And, and, and is he hurting the team by being that guy? No. But at the same time, it's giving him a role that he can be successful in and still help the ball club while still getting you know his shoulder ready. And also, what can you do here? He's in, under contract through 2020. It's not like they're in a position, I guess, where he could retire and say, hey, guys, don't pay me the $60 million right. remaining. I mean, A-Rod's getting paid still, oh, yeah. obviously. So, what? I mean, what do you do? Is he just, you say, hey, be a bench player until 2020? Like, it, it looks like every year there's going to be something wrong at this well, point. Well, I, I think, honestly, you, you, you try and get as much out of, you, out of him as you can. So you're going to do whatever you can to put him in a position to be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's the bottom line. For him to be around the clubhouse and be around the team, that's a, that's a huge part of it. I mean, there's nobody that's saying, oh, wow, this guy can't be on the field. He's no longer the captain. I'm, I, you know, I don't believe in him the same way I did yesterday. You know that if he gets an at-bat seventh inning on with men in scoring position, you believe that this guy can find a way to help the team win a ball game. So it could be something as you know, little as one at bat, but it's very important for a team mm-hmm. where you, what what are your other options coming off the bench right-handed? You know, you have somebody like Lagaris who mm-hmm. has to play center field, but if you're going to use one guy and have to use him up in a situation, then you know that you have somebody like David Wright who could put a good swing on the ball. Days over at third, is he the guy to platoon at first with Duda or, as you said, pinch hit as well, but if he does start, is it done with at third? Well, I, I just think we saw him, you know, even two years ago, the, the throwing motion was compromised. I mm-hmm. mean, he was dropping down more and more. This shoulder impingement thing isn't something that he felt just yesterday. It wasn't like, oh, my God, now I have shoulder impingement. Mm-hmm. Shoulder impingement is something that you had for quite some time. It's an inflammation in the shoulder joint, and it's, uh, it's just because of the re- repetitive movement over time. So it, it's something that he's been dealing with, and it's nothing that he's gone on the DL and had testing for. Now, finally, he's got testing for it, and they're like, okay, yeah, the tendons are swollen in that. That little small joint so we got to give it a shot cortisone shot and a prp injection to kind of get that inflammation out of there and then see where you're at it's there's no structural damage so it's not like you're talking about a, a you know a tommy john where it's torn and he can't you know ever throw again so everybody that's kind of saying oh he should just hang it up and retire it's over for him they need to dial that down a whole bunch because they've never had shoulder impingement they've never played baseball and had a shoulder impingement and realized that you know what it's manageable it's something that they're on top of right now and it's early still I mean, you're going to see him two weeks from now. You still have a week, a week and a half left of spring training. He's still going to be able to see him and maybe throwing a little bit better than he was uh, when he got to camp because he wasn't really throwing at all. And we also clearly don't know David Wright. I mean, the guy, I mean, this guy wants to win so badly. He's been here for over a decade now. And really the thought for me, thinking of uh, Monday, David Wright playing third, Tuesday, Jose Reyes. It's a cool kind of reminiscent thought of that 06 team, two guys that play each other and now playing in the same position. That's not going to happen. But this guy wants to when he wants to play. You can't just say, "Hey, quit." Like it's like mm-hmm. Nelson. Hey, don't be an analyst. Like you suck. Don't be an analyst. No one's going to do that. I, I mean, mean, you can't quit something that you love uh, you, while you're still getting paid. It's like asking Tony Romo, "Don't be a quarterback. Be a backup." This guy wants to make his money, but he wants to start 16 games. Oh yeah, he's not. He was Tony Romo wasn't content just sitting there watching. You know that. You know he felt like he could help the team win, but at the same time, you sit back and you say, "Wow, they're they're doing something special. They're gelling together in a way that maybe they weren't with me." You know, maybe there was too much on me carrying the load and, and, and the focal being the focal point of this offense. They got Ezekiel Elliott. You know, uh, could Tony Romo have been okay with just handing off, handing the ball off 50 times a game to Ezekiel Elliott? So you never know what that dynamic would have been like. It worked out perfect when you had a rookie quarterback and the rookie running back. Mm-hmm. And so when you're that guy who wants to get to the playoffs, 
You never know what happens, man. We've seen it every. We've seen guys get to the promised land, and all of a sudden, one bad snap, and the starting quarterback's out, and you got to be ready. So he's prepared. He's ready. He's a professional about it. Same thing with David Wright. He's sitting back there, and he's not wishing anyone ill. He's trying to figure out a way that he can help this team at some point in this season, and whether it's to win one ball game, and and, and that one ball game puts them over the top eventually at the end of the season, then it'll be all worth it. And I think um, Sandy and the organization played this off well where they did add depth. You have depth there. You have Reyes, Cabrera, Walker, Duty. You have floors off the bench. You can play third and first. You have T.J. Rivera who plays second uh, with Neil Walker the, coming off the back surgery. Who knows what he mm-hmm. his availability will be in a uh, day-to-day role. And I'm sure you can play a little short. You have race. You can play short. So you have, what is it, six infielders, really, right. um, that gives them the depth where it's not the end of the world if David Wright's out. I think, honestly, they prepared for the fact that Wright's not an everyday player, and now he is working out at first. And, then, hey, if he play, if he could play 50 games at first with Duda against lefties, that's a solid one-two punch mm-hmm. uh, at first base for the Mets in the middle of that order. I think the infield isn't concerned. Are you worried as we move around here to catcher, do you think Darno is ready to progress? I mean, we have to see him play mm-hmm. 130 games and right. not get hurt every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he ready to take that next step? Well, that's what you hope. I mean, injuries are a fluke. It's not like he's out of shape and he's getting hurt. I mean, he's a catcher. There's a, it's a position that you take a lot of collision, your body takes a beating, and we've seen it happen on swipe tags, not even where he gets run over at the plate. So th- these injuries are sort of a fluke. There's no way you can train better to not have an injury. You, mm-hmm. you can't play scared. You can't. We saw it kind of with Lagaris a little bit two years ago after the Gold Glove, where they were like, "Hey, don't go running into the wall." You know, we rather you're able to play more games than you go and make this catch and then you put yourself out for two weeks. And you saw him kind of easing up on balls that were up against the wall, and you saw him playing a little bit differently. You can't lose that aggressiveness, and that that's something that made him such a great outfielder. Same thing with Travis. Travis plays in one speed. He's going to go all out. For Travis, it's one of those things. The catcher position there's three things you have to focus on at all times and you have mm-hmm. to stay on top of them so last year bob garen you know went to with the dodgers and so he didn't have that catching coach the guy that was on top of him making sure that he was you know dotting the i's crossing the t's on every after every inning going over hey you know what was with that sequence you called there wasn't anybody to really check him and he had to check himself they thought he could do it but it put a lot on his plate and then he had the offensive struggles and then he had the rumors that he was getting traded or the Mets were going to get Lucroy. and so that wears on a young player who thinks hey you know what we're winning I'm a part of this winning formula and they're still trying to get better and there's always a sexier option that's tough for a player and then when you top it all off he, they can't throw out runners because the pitchers aren't holding runners on. It didn't matter if you had Johnny Bench. They weren't yeah. throwing out runners. So for a guy like him, you, you saw all these things happening and then eventually losing his starting job towards the end to Rene Rivera because uh, the team was more focused on winning. He had a chance to wipe the slate clean. Goes in the offseason, takes a good look in the mirror, works on things, comes in camp in great shape, and Glenn Sherlock is there now to be that guy on top of him. But don't you think they should have added a little depth at catcher? I, I, I like Rene Rivera, but shouldn't they have gotten a more veteran, a guy who could hit a little bit? Well, I mean, really, who's out there that can hit a little bit? I mean, you talk about Matt Weeders, he's batting 240 as well with 17 home runs, right? Yeah. And, and you're going to pay him 12, $10, 12000000 million a year. What, he got $21 million from the Nats? Mm-hmm. So what are you looking at in Darno? If Darno can play a full 130 games, you're looking at a guy who two years ago he hit 12 home runs in 69 games. 
you know, you double that and you got a guy that hits 25. So yeah. I, I think the, the promise is still there. The swing is still there. He's, he's hitting the ball real hard in camp right now. He's got two home runs already. Um, it's just a matter of him really simplifying things and being able to focus on task at hand and at each turn of the ball game. All right, moving to the outfield. You have five outfielders here. What do you do? $64,000 question. Do you start Conforto in AAA at the start of the season, or is, is he the fourth outfielder, pinch hitter, uh, platoon guy? It's tough because he's left-handed, and yep. you have Bruce and Grandy are left-handed. Yeah, there's too many left-handers to go around. Um, the, the sad fact of the matter is really doesn't matter unless there's an injury or they trade – Bruce or Granderson. Uh, mm-hmm. Conforto is probably going to go to AAA and get some more seasoning. And yeah, he started out hot. He's batting 700. Then he went 0 for 3 today with three strikeouts, and everybody's like, oh, send them down. You know, it, it's that fickle, mm-hmm. you know, around baseball. Too, of course. Yeah. And so for me, is the, the kid's swing is as sweet as it's ever been. He's came into camp in great shape, lost weight because he might have to play center field. He trained that way to uh, try and be a little bit quicker. Um, I love what I see out of him. He's really focused. He doesn't talk much about you know what he needs to do. He's just going out there and trying to control what he can control. Because do you think though he needs to be in AAA? Does he need to be in AAA? He only had half a season, a season in the minor league, but yeah. he had a half a, a half a season in the minor leagues. Yeah. And then, trust me, there was no one better. The, the month of April last year, he was batting three eighty three, mm-hmm. and then May came and June and July and then you're like oh my god he's batted 140 since April so while he had such promise and the league didn't know him when he came up you know in 2015 and he you know surprised some guys in the playoffs he had the opposite field power and things were kind of simplified for him and then all of a sudden there was some pressure being put on him they put him in the, the you know the three hole to bat in front of Cespedes mm-hmm. and it was a lot of responsibility and then all of a sudden he had to face that tough lefty and Bumgarner put him in a funk like you've never seen so for me is 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 does he have anything to prove? No, he's got a major league swing. There's no doubt about it. He's a major league caliber player. But you think he needs that time down there to play every day because he's not going to get it. He's not going to get it up here. He's not a pinch hitter. He's, mm-hmm. he, he's he shouldn't be a 23 year old pinch hitter. A guy coming off the bench That's late fair. in the game. He's not a guy that you can, you know, it's not like his wheels can win you a ball game late in the ball game as well. It's not mm-hmm. defensively better than Lagaris. Lagaris yeah. is a guy that yeah seventh inning, Jay Bruce comes out of a ball game. You put Lagaris in center and you're better defense. I feel like you need a fifth outfielder. There's an injury, you know, a cesspitus sometimes. There's a, he doesn't hustle and Terry pulls him. <laughs> um, but I, I understand both sides here. It's tough for me because I think he's a great bat off the bench, and I think that there's going to be a situation where you need a guy in the game and you need a bat, and he's a hell of a bat off the bench. Uh, but you're right, he is 23, and you don't want a 23-year-old coming off the It's bat. tough to be a hell of a bat off the bench when you're batting once every five, six days and only one at bat. So T.J. Rivera. Yeah. Does he start in AAA, or is he a guy off the bench now well, with Wright being potentially hurt? With Wright being potentially hurt, but again, Wright might still stay on the roster. Mm-hmm. So that's where it, it's muddy for T.J. Rivera still. What T.J. Rivera has to do is continue to stroke the ball, play some good third base, so that he is that fallback option. Because what you have in Reyes still is he's not just your primary third baseman, but he can also spell Cabrera and Walker at mm-hmm. short and second, and then that gives them some time off. And you're going to have that Reyes you know, dynamic at the top of the lineup, you know, you could have that three, four days a week rather than just worrying about him at the one position. TJ Rivera is a, a nice option. But again, I, I, you know, Terry Collins seems to really like Ty Kelly as well. And Ty, <sighs> Ty Kelly can oh, play the outfield too. Ty, Ty Kelly started in the outfield. Remember, we were talking about the Reyes experiment, yeah. maybe putting him in the outfield as well. Ty Kelly actually started games when Cespedes was hurt. And I get it, it's not the sexy option. But when you look at something where this is a guy who can. Just be there and, and play for you when you're making those switches. 
You I can't put Conforto in, 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 as Ty a Kelly fifth outfit. Hit of his life depended on it. Though. I don't care how many positions he could play. He could play left bench, right bench, center <laughs> bench. The guy stinks at the plate. I mean, he has no power. I know you can't. You're not going to dump all over him. I just don't think he should be in the roster in the major leagues. I think they have so many better options. Even a Dominic Smith, I think. I know he deserves season. He's not going to be on the team this year. Right. But Ty Kelly can't hit. He's a liability at the plate. <laughs> well, you 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 got the you need guys that can play multiple positions. You need those just in case guys. Not not everybody on the 25 man roster Let's plays. Bring back Joe McEwing. How about that? Super, Super Joe, Joe McEwing. Love Super, Super Joe, Joe McEwing would have been a multi millionaire at this point. Bring like back Vance Zolbert. Wilson to play catcher Vance again. Wilson. I remember I met him and he had like an Oldsmobile. I was like, damn, bro. You know, you're like a third string catcher when you're driving around this piece of junk, uh, 2001 Honda Civic. That's or whatever. funny. Uh, Nelson Figueroa in the building. Follow him on Twitter at FigSNY for another five or ten minutes or so. Talking Mets baseball. Season is so close. I'm in such baseball mode, especially with this weather warming up here. It's a mm-hmm. bizarre winter we've had. Only one or two snowstorms and just 70-degree temperatures. You're here in this Wednesday, March 1st. It is 70 degrees outside. And you come back from Florida, you're like, hey, where's the cold? What's going on? I, I'm not going to lie to you. I bought some uh, little thin gloves to wear when I came back because they were half price down in Florida. And yeah. they're like, yeah, it's 72 degrees today. Good yeah. luck with those gloves. So uh, for me, this has been the craziest winter because there's been 72, 75, and then the next day, 29 and snow. Yeah, Friday's supposed to snow. I don't understand. How do you go 40 you know, degree swings like it's nothing? So it's that's new for New York. Not good. Get get your, uh, your, your vitamin C. Yeah, get your vitamin C in there. <laughs> um, pitching staff here. Zach Wheeler, are you concerned with now the arm is acting up again? Are we going to see this guy come opening day? I, I think we're getting closer and closer to seeing the big five all together, but now is it the same kind of thing where do you bring him along in the bullpen and you know make him a clean one-inning guy and then you know stretch him out to two innings and then three and then get him ready to kind of start in the meantime? Or do you start him out in AAA, let him build up that way. He's, he's going to have a limit of some sort. Mm-hmm. And so you can't waste his bullets. If, if he's major league ready and it's just a matter of kind of building up, then you use him in the major leagues. You let him get out some major league hitters, get that confidence back. We saw Adam Wainwright do it when he came off of surgery. Well, he pitched out of the bullpen almost exclusively in the first half and then stretched himself out in the second half to be a starter. Um, I'd rather his innings uh, be used towards the end of the season. I, I want that big five being able to go all the way for the stretch run. So rather you think than, he should be a reliever first half, starter second half? I, I think right now you have somebody like a Seth Lugo who could be a nice fifth starter. Gesellman. And, and Gesellman, same thing. Gesellman has – he has good stuff, good enough stuff to be a reliever, you know, and be in a tight ball game in the seventh inning. He's got good enough sinker to get you to that ground ball double play, but he also has a put-away slider. Lugo is a guy who's a little bit more finesse, and he needs to kind of work his way into a lineup and be able to pitch through that third time through a lineup. I think he, he's done a great job of that so far. Um, for Wheeler, again, every kind of every week will tell a little bit more, you know, you're going through growing pains. He hasn't been on a big league mound in a big league game in two years. So you're going to feel things a little differently. We talk about scar tissue. There's going to be popping of scar tissue regardless. And so that might scare him a little bit. So that that's something that he's got to go through. And the doctors tell him there's going to be a pop. 
You know, you hope it's not the uh, on the collateral nerve, but there's going to be a pop, and it's that scar tissue releasing finally be, from you know being that thing that kept that ulnar collateral safe for so long. So he's got to kind of work his way through it. I, I watched him throw a few bullpens. I saw him throwing in the rain because he wanted to continue his throwing, then just shut it down and say, you know, I want I don't want to be out here wet. And he was long tossing in the rain just to get ready and threw a nice bullpen when I was down there. So he's he's got to go through those ups and downs. How does Harvey look coming back? I've heard his velocity is a little bit down. Uh, obviously, it's it's February, right. so we can't judge much. But is he back? Is the Dark Knight returning? Well, I tell you what, I, I really had a great time. Uh, we had the Duffy show, and I got to interview him. And um, it, he wasn't supposed to be our interview. So we were supposed to have Reyes, and we had our questions ready to ask Reyes. So then they were like, well, Reyes is here first, and then you guys get Harvey. And I was like, well, we don't have any questions for him. So I let Gary Apple start it off. He asked him the first question, and then I was trying to feed off of what Matt's answer was. And I finally got to ask the question that I think everybody wanted to know. So I said to him, I said, you, you were always the big dog everywhere you've been since you were a kid, college, you know, first round draft pick. You come up to the Mets and you got the key to the city and you're in the all-star game and everything else. I said, now when you look around, things are a little bit different. Thor is the big dog. Yeah. I, we got Jacob DeGrom who's yeah. put up nothing, done nothing but put up numbers since yeah. he's gotten to the big leagues. You got Thor. Three behind yeah, yeah, so you're looking Maybe at four if you look at Matt. Exactly. Yeah. It could be a four if yeah. you look at Matt. So for a guy like that who's always been the number one and always been the guy that everyone has said, yes, he's the ace of the staff, I said, is that different for you now? And how does that competitive fire feel when you look around you now? He said it's a lot different. It's a lot different for him now where he looks around and it's more of the competitive that he knows these guys are on his level and it's like a number one every day. It's not like, you know, I'm the best guy and I'll be the best guy you see this week. I have to do something that really stands out to impress people because these guys are so good now. And it's a, it's a, it's the competition thing that if he's real, if that's a, the bulldog mentality we always hear about and everything else, if he's real about that, then that should push him more so than ever. To, and it's not that I need to see him throwing 99 miles an hour and striking out 15 batters, but if I could see him be that guy that you can write, not even pencil it in, sharpie it in. Seven innings, four hits, one run, you know, and, and, and really just dominating a lineup, keeping that lineup down as long as he can, and being able to give me 30 starts, then I'll take that Harvey. I'm not worried about 2013 Harvey. It's exciting when you look at it if Wheeler can start. The fact that they have seven starting pitchers yeah. potentially, uh, obviously with injuries, you say Wheeler's out. Okay, you have six. Okay, another injury. Okay, you have five. You still are going to have five barring three injuries. Um, and you have the back end. We'll see with Familia. I mean, he hasn't been good in clutch situations, but overall he had a dominant season. And you have Reed, who would have maybe been the MVP of the team last yeah. year, what he did. We'll see what happens if Familia gets suspension. Middle relief is the one real big hole on this team. Salas's solid, Salas, Salas, whatever. <laughs> tomato, tomato was solid. I don't know if he's with familiar out of setup man or seventh inning, the number one guy you really want out there. I'm, I'm still pissed they didn't get Joe Smith. Uh, one of my favorite right. former Mets would have been a steal for $3 million mm -hmm. uh, when you pay $11, 6000000 But middle relief are you concerned with what they're throwing out there here we don't want to see the Hansel Robles home run show every night well and that's one of the things is that the Hansel Robles is the x factor in that bullpen I was watching the game the other day and I walked into the newsroom and 102 flashed up on the radar gun when Hansel Robles wow. was pitching so he has the makeup he has the stuff of a closer he needs to tighten up his slider use his change up uh, more effectively that's that's w without a doubt but he has that 
kind of that presence on the mound that, you know, he's not afraid of anything. We, we see him want to fight almost anybody that's on second base with uh, the Frank Cora mm-hmm. incident a few times and the Teixeira incident last year. Um, so for me, he's really that X factor because if he can harness that stuff, that's plus stuff across the board. Josh Smoker is another guy who's plus stuff from the left side with 96 mile an hour. It's not Jerry Blevins with that big curveball. Mm-hmm. And you trust Jerry Blevins to go out and get that big lefty, a Bryce Harper, you know, guys in scoring position. You trust Jerry Blevins there. But if I need a guy to go out there and give me an inning, and, and you, you, the Mets are stacked with some plus arms in there. Now, do they have the experience? No. You want to talk about being pissed about Joe Smith. Wade Davis went to the Cubs for a Jorge Soler. Mm-hmm. Jorge Soler is what number outfielder for the Cubs? Fifth, sixth? So, so, yeah. so I'm looking at it that I would have put together a package to, to try and get Wade Davis. And I don't care if he wasn't ready for opening day. I'm looking at down the stretch to have Wade Davis, Wade Davis Reed, Familia, Familia, and Reed. I mean, I'd order World Series tickets <laughs> immediately right now. That, that to me is one of the things that if you're going to kind of deplete your minor league system, they always say that, but there's always guys that rise to the top. Gaselman and Lugo weren't even on the map last year. Mm-hmm. You know, opportunity gave them you know the, the chance for them to shine and show what they could do. But if you had a chance to go get two years ago, when in 2015, when they were talking with the Reds about two players, mm-hmm. they were talking about Bruce and Chapman, and they got um, they wound up, wound up getting Cespedes, and I said to myself, if I if if you could do anything, you call the Reds back right away and mm-hmm. offer them whatever they want for Chapman, because now you have Chapman in the back of that bullpen and you have Cespedes. That's another one. That's a done deal. Look mm-hmm. how deep that bullpen was to add somebody like a Chapman. So you you want to add that plus arm in the bullpen, but I think Sandy has done a great job of that at the trade deadline the last two years especially, and even adding like a Salas, like you said. He's not flashy, but he was very effective. He's able to paint the corners with you know both sides with his fastball, use his curveball. He has some experience as a closer, and he was able to get him for nothing you know, once the trade deadline passed and he got him in August, then he was a nice addition. The Mets on paper, honestly, are very good. Like, mm-hmm. I think this might be the most depth they've had since maybe that 06 team, which mm-hmm. was stacked. Uh, you look at the fact that almost every day, potentially, you could be facing a number one if Zach Wheeler is the Zach Wheeler that we saw at, at times. Right. We did see he had trouble with uh, his control a little bit, his command. It's a scary team. I mean, you have to be positive as a Mets fan looking in here, despite a pretty boring offseason. They didn't do much. It wasn't sexy. They did the little minor things here and there, but they bring back the team that made the playoffs, and you have to factor in the fact that everyone was hurt last year. Mm -hmm. They still made the playoffs. The issue is with me, obviously, is I'm part of the anti-Terry Collins fan club, so I don't know (laughs) if they could win with him. But I think he, right this season, has every piece in place. Maybe they go get a reliever uh, before the trade deadline. To win a World Series. Agree or disagree with that? This is as deep as he's ever had a roster. There's no... No more excuses for Terry. Well, I mean, we said that going out of last year, and we had so many injuries that Mm. he wound up with a triple-A team for the June and July months, you Mm -hmm. know, and he still wound up keeping them afloat, had them believing that they could still make a run, and it wasn't about catching the Nationals. It was about, you know what, if we put it together in a a week's time, you win seven in a row and the other team loses seven. We saw that swing happen. San Francisco lost so many in a row, Mm -hmm. and the Mets got hot at the right time. So they already have that confidence that Terry's not going to panic. He's never shown a panic. Panic city. Yeah, he's never (laughs) shown a panic. He's not on Twitter, luckily. No, he's, he's he's a guy that, you know, 
he, he's the old school, hey, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, we're going to ride it out, good or bad, and we'll find a way to, to you know, tight, tighten out the hatches when we need to. And, and these guys have known, this is two years in a row now, that they've made it to the playoffs. They played playoff caliber baseball, you should say. Um, and then you look at, at, yes, this is the deepest he's ever had it. But what I'm, my biggest fear is that, you know, you ever had a fantasy football draft? And you've got a great team on paper, oh, yeah. and you can only play two wide receivers, but you got six. Yeah. And every week you seem to put in the wrong two. Oh, the worst. Okay, so that's what the I'm worst feeling. So you, you, Luke's shaking his head yeah. back there. He's, he has that every you, week. You're gonna be you're them. gonna be sitting there as Terry Collins, and he's he's part of the group, right? So the front office, the the sabermetrics team, the stats team, they all put together what they think is the best lineup. They propose it to Terry. These are what we think are the best three lineups. You know things like that, and Terry sits there and wants to fight for maybe a guy to get more playing time that day. This guy's coming in hot. You know, I don't care who we're facing. He, that's where Terry comes in and gives his little input. But w when it comes to those lineups, they're always going to put to him, hey, on paper, these are what we think are the best lineups, best chance to win. But Terry's the, the kind of guy, he's an old school manager, he's going to go a little bit with his feel. So you have to be able to encompass all that. But it's so difficult now because it isn't like, okay, these are the only three guys we have and this is the only choice. That's it. This is who we have out there. Like he said a few years ago, where you had the Eric Campbells and uh, you know those those lineups yeah. with the Mayberries and those guys. So now you're looking out there and you're like, okay, so if there is a lefty pitching, which one of the left-handed outfielders do you sit so that Lagares can play? Is it Bruce? Is it Granderson? Is it That's is it both? Tough, yeah. You know what you I mean? To play them, so, I mean, right? Someday, so somebody's yeah. got to play. Mm -hmm. And the same thing, you know, you got Lucas Duda. So Lucas Duda went two for three the night before off a righty with two home runs. Do you sit him now, or is he hot enough to carry the team again? Do you take a chance with his bat? You know, three three at bats against a lefty and see what he can do. So it it that's the part of the that's the beauty of the game. On paper, you know, it, the Cubs are built to repeat like nothing. But as far as health, as far as, far as gelling together, as far as being able to to withstand injuries and and the ups and downs of a season, that's what makes a team. I wish they had got a Davis or Smith because uh, Terry Collins trying to manage a bullpen. It, it, it's like uh, it's, I can't, I can't. It's like Floyd Mayweather trying to read a book. Like it's it gets very ugly at times. Um, so I think it's going to be tough for him. Do I go Salas? Do I go Robles here? Uh, do I go Blevins? And I'm I'll tell you this. I'm not a huge fan of the over. I'm not a fan at all of the over managing of lefty lefty right. I think let Blevins at times pitch a whole inning. This mm -hmm. guy has dominant stuff. He's got a nasty curve that he mixes in with the fastball. The velocities are so different. I mean, right. he goes from 88 to 70. Mm -hmm. Let him face righties. He doesn't only need to face. He is a quality reliever. Period. He right. is not a lefty specialist. Jerry Blevins is a very good reliever who can be a seventh inning guy. So I, I'm on board with. Let your best pitchers pitch, mm -hmm. no matter who's coming up in the lineup. Right. No, and I, and I think that's that that's situational. You know, it'll be if if you know Reed and Salas have pitched a back to back games already. Then hey, you know what? Blevins goes out there. Maybe it goes two innings because he can get out lefties and righties. He's had reverse splits. He's had you know normal splits the year before. So it's not. I, I don't buy into too much of the sabermetrics of uh, you know. Well, this is what he did last year. So this is the kind of pitcher he is, or this is the kind of hitter he is. You can't do that. There's, there's 
there's no way to sit there and predict the future. You know that he's going to go out there and, and he had success against certain guys. Certain guys don't pick up the ball well off him. He has pitched backwards a lot by mm-hmm. using his fastball with two strikes and getting a lot of you know frozen strikeouts. Where you know this year he might go with more curveballs with two strikes against those guys. So it, it, it's it's always unpredictable. But you want to give a guy a, an opportunity to succeed, and by letting Blevins pitch more than just to lefties, you're going to give him a much better chance. I just think Terry won't change. I think he's so lefty, lefty, righty, righty. And we've seen it all the, over these years. It's been the same thing. I don't know if it'll change this year. Um, I'd li- I really would like to see Blevins pitch more. When you're giving the guy $6 million, he's making double what Joe Smith's making. Let him pitch an inning. Let him pitch the seventh inning every two to three days. Well, if you don't have Familia, especially at the back end of the bullpen, he's going to have to. And that's the thing. You've had extra inning games where he's run out of pitchers. I mean, that should not happen in Major League Baseball. (laughs) You have seven, eight relievers that you should not run out of guys, and that's with overuse. I mean, there's situations where he's put Reed in the eighth, seventh, or eighth inning where he probably didn't need to. There's situations where he took out a guy when he he walked one batter. He's like, you're out of here where you don't need to. So I think that's going to be a huge factor in the Mets season. We looked at it the last couple years, Nelson. It's been middle relief and back end of the bullpens have been the reason teams win World Series a la Kansas City Royals. A la Kansas City. The reason that the Cleveland went in was Andrew Miller being able to pitch. Chicago, the same thing. So it's the story of baseball. I mean, hindsight is always 20-20, so it's easy to sit here and say, oh, that was the wrong move Mm -hmm. if they got out of it. And I mean, how many times has you know an error caused it, or a, a, a ball that's hit so soft that nobody can catch it, and then you're like, oh, why did you bring him in? So it's not necessarily that. Over the course of the season, he has made more right decisions than he's made wrong decisions because they've made the playoffs two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. What is you have a March first prediction? Is it too early? Oh, I, I mean, it's too early. I I do feel like this is a 90 win team at least. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a team that. That lineup is so deep. I mean, you're talking about possibly batting Jay Bruce as low as sixth. I mean, this is a guy that, that again, love Conforto, but this is a 30 home run, 80 RBI guy so every year. This team, I mean, if he could just do first half Reds numbers, I mean, this team will be so lethal. If he could even do the last two weeks of the season, what he did, <laughs> yeah, we exactly. saw finally a spark out of him. And I think people said, trade him, trade him, trade him. But you look at a situation where he goes from a small town market that really never makes the playoffs to New York City overnight. It's not easy. I don't want to give him excuses. Now's Jay Bruce time to show us, hey, this I am the NLRBI leader when I got traded to this team. And if he could just put, if he even puts up twenty five and eighty and hits two sixty, that's all yeah. the Mets need. Oh no, that, that that's huge. I mean, when you look at people say that about the small market team, he came from Cincinnati, no pressure, that kind of thing. They were in the uh, playoffs in the and in, in the NLCS. They were back to back years in what was it, twelve and thirteen. So he's played in big games before. He's played in big situations before. Um, you know, he he was in a on a team where you know on base percentage was huge, right? And so you had Brandon Phillips at the top of the lineup. Then you had somebody like Joey Votto at the top of the lineup. Joey Votto wears out a pitcher. Okay, mm-hmm. when you are a Joey Votto at bat, you're looking at a 10-12 pitch at bat, and then all of a sudden Jay Bruce would come up after just this guy mentally messed with you and fouled off all your best pitches and you missed your location and Jay Bruce would make you pay. So I think he got comfortable towards the end of the season, which was a good thing. Finally. I mean, better late than never. Right. Uh, I look at the fact that track record the last five years, this guy's 25 plus this guy's 80 plus RBIs. I'm not just giving that away for a couple of minor league prospects right now when I'm in an all, I'm in an all in situation. Yeah. I mean, if, if there, I would maybe do it for Granderson, but even that, I wouldn't take a couple minor leaguers for a team that's built to win now. This is a team 
that this window will close soon because of those contracts with the starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. This is probably a two-year window to win right now, and I think this is the one year you have to pinpoint if healthy. I'm my prediction is Mets Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are stacked as yeah, well. Yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. Rotation is stacked, and they have such a good young lineup. Uh, I would love to see Big Poppy really make a return. <laughs> but, hey, so you you think they're going to edge the Nationals for the NL East? I, I think they can. I think they really can. I think when we, you look at the Nationals, they continue to add players. They, they mm-hmm. keep adding players. The last two weeks they've added three or four new players. Um, that's, I like Weeders, by the way. I think he's, he's a good bat. You know what? I, I don't I don't mind Weeders. I, I just think that he's had some injuries. He's a little slowed down by that. And this mm-hmm. is a new whole you know pitching uh lineup that he has to deal with mm-hmm. the bullpen the starters he doesn't know how these guys like to work and he's just jumping in right now I, I liken this a lot to what San Diego tried to do San Diego tried to go and you know play statmatic baseball and say let's go get Kemp let's go get this guy let's get that we'll Didn't put work. all these guys together Norris was one of the guys that mm-hmm. they traded away Rene Rivera they traded away Grandal their two starting catchers where they had the fourth best uh, pitching staff in all of baseball in San Diego big park they got rid of both their catchers, and they brought in Norris like it was just going to be easy to figure out the nuances of how these pitchers like to pitch and, mm-hmm. and you know what they go to and how they even – I mean, there's there's so many things that you can't learn in a short amount of time like spring training that, that you know, it takes years to learn from certain guys. And so for me, if the Nationals want to keep adding pieces that are extra pieces and guys that aren't used to being extra pieces, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, I mean, Weeders is in there. You're looking at Lobatone was the catcher that everybody liked pitching to, you know, that's Scherzer's um, PC, you know. So now all of a sudden you got this guy's going to be in a, a further backup role. You had Ramos there last year. I don't see the same caliber of depth around that if, if the couple of those guys got hurt, you know, the Nationals are a totally different team. You know, mm-hmm. David Wright goes down already now in March, and I'm not panicked. I'm not – this isn't I'll two years ago. City here. Yeah, this is not two, three years ago where mm-hmm. if David Wright went down in March, you're like, all right, the season's over. Let's start, you know, looking to next year. So I, I think uh, the Nationals went out and they, they, they got rid of a lot of depth to get pieces. And they're in a win-now mode as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Dusty Baker did a nice job last year of managing that team and letting them be – letting them be themselves. But they had tremendous health the whole season. Mm-hmm. They didn't have too many injuries. And so when the, you look at the contrast of Mets had about 14 guys go on the DL, you know, six guys had surgery. The Nationals were pretty healthy the whole time. Bryce Harper had the bad shoulder, but he was still out there in that lineup every day. So um, it'll, if it's everybody's fully healthy, you know, it's going to be those two heavyweights toe-to-toe at the end, and I want to see that in September, you know, th- that, uh, that battle going into those last two weeks. Yeah, I'd love to see a nice pennant race. There's nothing better than a good pennant race for a division. Uh, nothing for that wild card, because you see when you <laughs> get that one-game situation. When I know the Mets have a dominant starter, but there's always one other dominant starter, and Madison Bumgarner that showed guy. it, man. That was frustrating. I was just sitting in the Pepsi porch. for They kicked me out, actually. They said, you have to leave now. I'm like, all right, I'll go. Um, so... It's going to be an exciting year, man. I yes. know you're excited as an analyst. Uh, you'll be watching day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be doing some Cyclones games. You'll see some of those young guys. Some good prospects. Maybe we see Rosario later in the year. Maybe we see Dominic Smith. I think Dominic Smith is going to be great. Well, if they, uh, clinch, if they clinch early, 
and then you'll be able to see those guys called up. I don't think yeah. they're gonna. They won't Tim bring Tebow. Them, Tim Tebow. Stop <laughs> it. I don't think they'll bring those guys Tebow. up if uh, <laughs> if if all things are, are going the right direction. You don't usually change the chemistry in a clubhouse. I, I, I was very impressed by Rosario. I, I got to talk with him down in spring training and and see his his work ethic and see what you know he brings to the table. Very humble kid. A, a kid who, when you idolize players and you're now playing alongside him like a Jose Reyes. You know, it's got to be a very cool feeling. I know for myself, you know, I, I grew up loving, you know, Doc Gooden, Pedro Martinez, those guys. So when I replaced Pedro in 2008, it was, you know, like a dream come true that I was going to be around that guy. Yeah. So for me, it was, it was an opportunity to, to kind of fulfill that dream. And, and he's living it at a very young age. That sky's the limit with this guy. Um, but I, I think you also have to have a little bit of patience. Everybody wants so quick to see what they got. I'm very happy with Cabrera at shortstop right now. Cabrera was so big for this team. He might have been my favorite player last year just because the clutch hits the inning defensively. Just watching him over Flores was night and day. It was, just, oh, yeah. it was like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> um, and Rosario really has something to him defensively. He's got yes. like a little spark to him defensively that mm -hmm. I like. Uh, but you're not impressed by Tim Tebow's nine homers in batting practice? Batting practice. What are we talking about? Practice? Are we talking about practice? practice. Batting not a game, practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game when they no turn that slider over. Next year? You know what? Will he it, ever make it to the big leagues? Or is it a long, long I, shot? I'm, I'm going to just put it this way. Tim Tebow was a very good college football player. Mm -hmm. Tim Tebow is not nearly the athlete that Michael Jordan was. Mm -hmm. And Michael Jordan tried for a season of double-A baseball and couldn't hack it. I, if I see Tim Tebow hitting 280 in double-A, then you start thinking it's possible because double A is really the 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 barometer of of can a guy make it to the major leagues. That's where you start seeing guys that have a clue about pitching. It's not just hard throwers. He got put in the Arizona Fall League and he got put in his place for most of it. I mean, he was under 150 for most of it. I think he had two for three in his last three games, and and that raised his average up to about 180. Um, but I think uh, it's the travel. Wait till he gets to double A and he's riding the bus for 12 mm -hmm. hours and he's got to play 144 games in 150 days. Then talk to me about how much fun it is to play ball. You clinched the division a couple of weeks early in September. You're not thinking about selling a couple of tickets, <laughs> give, give him a call, selling those jerseys, Tebow time. I, I'm telling you right Too now, big of a distraction. If, if, if they give him the call over somebody like Dominic Smith, who two years in a row has won MVP of each league he's been in, or, or Ahmed Rosario, who, you know, if he's playing that high of a caliber. Bring up. I don't even know about a party bringing, up in stop Queens. it. You know, taking it, a Amore's pizza next door, baby. <laughs> I, I tell you what, if they can, what is it? You know, clinch by August and then go fishing. Then, then sure, bring up everybody. But I, I'm thinking that the Tim Tebow thing is is a nice story. He's a tremendous person. Um, he's, he's a you know been a tremendous athlete. I just can't see enough there. The mm -hmm. batting practice swings are all great. Don't get me wrong. I, it's like me throwing a bullpen right now. I guarantee you I won't give up one hit in the bullpen. I throw a bullpen right now. Th Doesn't matter. I won't give up 90? one hit. Can you hit ninety? Uh, down, downwind, maybe <laughs> with a crow hop. But I can tell you right now that I, I won't give up one hit in the bullpen because there's no hitter standing in. It's mm -hmm. the same thing. He's not hitting off a major league pitcher. He's hitting off some coach. It's not like he had nine. If he had nine home runs against live BP against a pitcher like a, a, another minor league pitcher, then you're like, okay, well he, he's on to something. Against Greg Maddox in disguise, exactly. As we saw Chris put me, put me in a, a the soundman's uniform and let. Let me pitch against Tebow, and we'll see if he. Oh, uh, that's a challenge! Can I, we make this happen? I, you I, said it. I, hey, I, I wouldn't be afraid to do it. I've faced better. 
right, you heard it here first. Nelson Figueroa <laughs> versus Tim Tebow. We're gonna make this happen. Uh, we'll see if he responds on Twitter if, if we if we make the challenge. That would be great, actually. I would love to see. Can you put a disguise on though? Uh, this is Dalfire. No, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think right now everybody's kind of looking for the sound guy disguise, right? So yeah. I don't think we even need a disguise to do it. I mean, again. The, the guy's an athlete. He's working hard at it. Love him as a person. Love Great him as a, guy. Love him as a person. Love him, as, you know, I for everything. For every, everything he up. does off the field, things like that. But again, he's got to go through the rigors of a minor league season. And uh, many a uh, guy who got paid a lot of money. There's been a lot of first round draft picks who, after a year of playing minor league ball, like I want to go home. This mm-hmm. isn't for me. So it's it's not as easy. It's not as glamorous. One step below in AAA. It's not as glamorous. The lights don't shine as bright. You know, you, you have to put in the work. And doing good in the community, props to you. And Michael Gruen, who's watching as well, he said, what's up, bro? Of course he's here. <laughs> uh, props to you and Mike Gruen for the event, uh, I believe it was last month. Yeah. Uh, I had come off pneumonia. It was my first day out, and I Jeez. came to the event, so I was alive. <laughs> uh, raising six figures. Is it Chai or Kai? Is it Kai like Kai. 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 There like, you go. Like, <laughs> Eloheinu Look I had a bar you. mitzvah. Uh, so there you go. That's how I did my, uh, Little uh, did you know. Yeah. Uh, Gruen will appreciate that as a fellow bar mitzvah. Uh, <laughs> but tell you did, you did a good job raising six figures, and then you did the walk. I think you said it was 13 miles. 13.1. Did a half marathon. Um, first off, I got to give a big shout out to Michael Gruen. Um, we were sitting at a New Jersey Devils game, and we were just talking, and I said, look, I got a little project for you. I said, I, I'm – going to do a walk, um, 13.1 miles, half marathon for High Lifeline to raise money for kids who with disabilities and terminal illnesses. They go to a summer camp and um, they just give these kids back their childhood in one week. I mean, they, they do some tremendous work with them. They, they modified jet skis, modified zip lines. These kids are going on helicopter rides. Normally they're confined to a wheelchair. They, mm-hmm. they make these kids fly, literally. So it's, it's an incredible um, thing that they do at uh, Camp Simcha. Um, for me, I said, you know, let's put together like a little bowling event, you know, something to just kind of give her a little send off before the race and, you know, see if we can raise a little bit of money. And he was like, well, how much do you want to raise? And I was like, you know, if we could raise 10, 15, 20 grand, that'd be huge. And he looked at a couple zeros. Well, yeah, he he looked at me and he was like, I think you're selling yourself short. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Gruen carries that in his pocket. He he just looks at me and he goes, I think we could do at least Mm 200,000. And I started laughing. I'm like, this kid is 19 years old. I'm like, this is a a, a big dreamer right here. I was like, he's trying to mogul. He's trying to impress me. And uh, so I said, you know what? Do what you can. Let's see what you can come up with. And he came up with these ideas. The first night he went home, he wrote to me at 3 o'clock in the morning. He had 50 different things, concepts, uh, uh, ideas, items that we can get donated. Um, we can get a yacht uh, donated. He had a, a, a restaurant that was donating uh, use of their one of their bigger hall rooms to and, and all the food and everything else. And I said, okay, let's dial that down because I still want to do bowling. I want to do something that the kids can do. They have muscular dystrophy and you know terminal illnesses. A yacht. Yeah, I was like, I don't know about a yacht. But he was so adamant and so passionate about it. He said, let me reach out to some people. Let me put out some emails. He put out over a thousand emails to, I mean, every corporation, every sport, every industry. And you got back a lot of no's, but we got back over 150 yeses. And what we asked him to do was not donate money, 
but donate time. So the idea was that you got a chance to bid on experience packages. So you would have a chance to go to lunch with somebody, somebody that you respect in the industry, somebody in, in, in whatever field. Go to the Knicks game with you. Go to the Knicks game with me, like Ken did last night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my buddy Ken Ken May, who he came with me to the Knicks game. We watched a great Knicks game. That's went down to the good game. Well, went down to the buzzer, which is what you want to see at least, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so. He donated the money, and it wasn't even about donating the money. Again, it's the experience to see somebody talk to them one-on-one time with them. Um, the, the biggest one that we had was Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz, somebody bid, yeah, somebody did a, a lunch with him for sixteen thousand five hundred dollars. Now, what if we said to Alan Dershowitz, "Can you write us a check for sixteen five? It would have been like <laughs> you're out of your mind. Oh my goodness! But all he did was donate his time. And he went to lunch and he bought the lunch. Michael Jordan. Uh, And that was the the concept that we went around and we have, I mean, there's, you're going to have a chance to go to a Mets game with myself and Ralph Macchio, the karate kid, Uh, myself and Jim Brewer. And that's going to be a great time. uh, Whoever, I'm telling you, whoever won that one, you're in for a treat. Uh, I'm warning you now. Um, I may sit behind you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he he wrote to Marvel Comics and Joe Casada, who's right here on the same block as us, Mm -hmm. Marvel Comics, he uh, put together a pack where they don't normally do it they give us a friends and family ticket package to guardians of the galaxy premiere and uh, and four other items that are signed by the artists and, and everything else the unique things unique mm-hmm. you know uh, 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 opportunities that you don't normally get and so i think that was really what was special about it and people took to it we wound up raising combined with what team perry raised we raised over two hundred eighty thousand dollars, um and that was in a month's time and, and again, I'm nobody when it comes to celebrity sports and, and, and being in the industry. I, I'm nobody uh, uh, that can just kind of command, you know, a quarter of a million dollars by making a phone call. But you know what? This Michael Gruen put himself to work. Uh, you know, he doesn't sleep. You know him as well yeah, as I he do. Does not. The kid does not sleep. He, he was gets out- on our last nerves. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> he was out there. He was out there and, and, and putting in the work and putting in the groundwork and, and, and with charitybuzz.com. We put together these packages and, and had some tremendous experience. I've gained so many friends through this experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Our bowling event was tremendous. We had guys from Blue Bloods there. We had uh, David Masseuse from Gotham was there with us. Johnny Franco Bruce came Beck. through. Bruce Beck came through. Um, I, I mean, uh, Willie Colon came through. I, I saw him downstairs at SNY, and I was awesome. like, Willie, why don't you come through? He came through at the end of the night. So it was a, a, a tremendous opportunity to, to do something g- good, and, and the way that Michael Gruen – kind of put all the wheels in motion and, and it showed that faith in me and I, I was surprised and I'm very flattered by it and um, I, again tremendous props out to him and uh, three three points uh, Michael Gruen three points sports management yeah, Michael Gruen the Michael Gruen show <laughs> um, yeah great job there that was a very good event lots of money raised Luke actually just texted me in other news that Darrell Rivas has been released by the Jets um, huh. it's inside news um, is he released by the Pittsburgh police <laughs> I don't know about that uh, he's probably a Permanente Bros right now. Too soon. Love Permanente Bros. <laughs> um, but yeah, great stuff with that. Fig SNY on Twitter. Catch him on SNY for the Mets games. Mets talk live. Michael said, "You're the man, Nelson." So <laughs> that's a love right there. There you go. Um, looking forward to the season, man. Looking forward to watching you. Uh, you definitely, I'll say, got a lot better as time went on, and now you're great. I think at first we talked about this last time we yeah. talked. I think you you had your times. Yep. Where you're off, and as it happens with everyone, and now you are a really good analyst. You break things down very well, and you had tough shoes to fill. Obviously, oh, yeah. everyone was talking about how do you not bring back Bobby Oeda? Uh, he knew his stuff, but I think you filled in nicely. So props, and you really. 
become uh, a good analyst. I appreciate that. I, I tell you what, it was uh, scary at first, of course, because I had never done it. Yeah. yeah, I've never done it. And then when you realize that I'm the only guy that wasn't on the 86 Mets that's with SNY. That's and true. so oh. when yeah. when those guys say the sky's red, the sky's red. You yeah. know, everybody believes it. But mm-hmm. if I say, hey, there's a reason why Matt Harvey's not getting that slider over, and they're like, yeah, right. What do you know? <laughs> You've never been Matt Harvey. Yeah. So I have to kind of break it down and, and show people the reasons why things happen. And I think the following has gotten stronger and stronger, and the support has gotten stronger and stronger. And I, I continue to grow and learn. I don't think I know everything. I think that's what helps me as an analyst that I continue to try and get better not just at my craft but the nuances of the game and I can speak for the best of players I can speak for guys who are struggling big time I I know what it's like for Matt Harvey to get booed off a mound I've been booed off a mound so I can speak to that in volumes and I actually talked to him about that I said you know everybody talks about the physical part of us about mentally mentally getting back out there where you know the last kind of times you were out there you were getting booed off mm-hmm. you know I say is that gonna be hard for you and he's like you know hopefully not hopefully as soon as I get out there I'm able to right the wrongs and, and feel like my old self and I think that the rest will take care of itself but he's not worried about it he doesn't he's not having nightmares still about mm-hmm. uh, getting booed off the mound so for me uh, that was something that you know most analysts are Hall of Famers they're guys that have always had tremendous success you know I've had the failures I've had the ups and downs and so I think that's what I'm a little bit more real when it comes to that I think you played around with people on Twitter a lot who would say things funny <laughs> with funny gifts or whatever it may be uh, I gotta have a good time man you gotta you know what if you're a New Yorker you know you gotta have thick skin and uh, it, they know when they dish it that I might come back at them with it and usually it, you gain respect that way and it's everybody's entitled to their opinion like I said I'm not always right and you know I don't I don't sit there and say well you have no idea because you never played People have watched enough baseball. You know, you can't, you know, you can't fool real baseball fans. You can't just throw out some sabermetrics words and throw an OPS plus out there. And they're like, oh, okay, this guy knows his stuff. I'm never going to be that guy. And Mike Gruen, I think, jokingly is asking, uh, Nelson, David Wright should retire, right? I guess that's the text he sent you earlier today. Oh, that pissed it, you off. No, it, it, <laughs> it, he's a, another one. He's 19 years old, and I don't know if he's ever played a sport. Um, so he doesn't get like the amount of work and dedication that this guy has put in. And so when you say something so, you know, off the cuff like that, I, I guarantee you he wouldn't say it to his face. No. And I think that's the mind of a lot of fans. But you can't just say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang it up. I mean, no, it, it's hard to just say that to someone uh, as easy as it is for us to say and say, hey, let's get rid of this 20 million and go get it. Because if the Mets did get rid of that 20 million. They're getting, they're going to be stacked more stacked oh, yeah. than they are, but you can't just do that. No, and and I think when you look at somebody like Prince Fielder, you know, he was in the prime of his career still. He was a guy who was swinging, and all of a sudden he was walking out in a neck brace, mm-hmm. and that tears you up because he knows he can't do it. David Wright was trying to do these surgeries to fix all these things, and mm-hmm. most guys, again, may give up, may say, you know what, maybe it's just not going to happen. This guy's continuing to fight. He's going to fight to his last breath. He's going to fight till he can't physically do it. And the doctors say, you know what? You're, you're putting other things at risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a dad now. You know, there's a different element to him as well. And I think he really has worked as hard as he can to get out there. And, and there's much more than just swinging a bat being a baseball player. You know, we talk about being able to throw. I mean, I'm worried about him when he makes that first diving play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to feel like a Rocky movie to Every me. Like, move. Get up. Slide. Get up. Yeah. You know, he's, he hasn't slid. Exactly. Yeah. When he goes down to slide that first time, you know, his back has to take all that pounding. So those are the kind of the things you worry about in a nutshell. 
Quinn said, I've done professional hot dog eating. That's a sport. And then he said, I was pretty good at ice co- hockey growing up. You almost said it the right way. Um, <laughs> so I think I, I think if uh, we, we had the only highlight tape we have of Gruen right now is that gif from uh, the Nets game from a few years ago. <laughs> We're, I'm going to find that because I'm going to tweet that on our Twitter and see can you guys see the resemblance? Put a face to face next to the. I, I, I think it's uncanny that the fact that the, the guy's definitely like 10, 20 years older than him, but it, it's dead on him. Yeah, so New Jersey Nets fan too. Reincarnated. Gruen was having his bar mitzvah in the Nets were in New Jersey about six years ago. Uh, Nelson, I know you, I kept you a little longer than I expected, but it was All a good, good conversation. And All I good. appreciate you coming on the Jake Brown Show. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.